When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Friday, May 13th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, it's, uh, it's Freaky Friday, and it's, a, it's about to get even weirder. Uh, uh, Carl Willis is set to take over, uh, slide over a seat, and manage uh, tonight's series opener, uh, and really through the weekend in Minnesota, as the Guardians uh, coaching staff pretty much wiped out by, by COVID uh, positive tests, Terry Francona and uh, DeMarlo Hale are, are uh, for sure tested positive, but uh, a bunch of other coaches are, are also sidelined, including uh, hitting coach Chris Valeka, assistant pitching coach Joe Torres, first base coach Sandy Alomar, third base coach Mike Sarbaugh, and hitting analyst Justin Toole. They, uh, they're, they're all away from the team right now. Uh, Sarbaugh would have been pretty much the the obvious choice out of that group to to manage in in place of Francona but uh but he's he's you know on the sidelines and instead we get to see uh we get to see what Carl Willis has in mind Carl Willis is the first pitcher to manage at Cleveland Cleveland uh since Walter Johnson in 1933 and 1935 uh he was a hall of famer and uh he, and they're both nicknamed the big train so uh, I don't know if there's some uh, magic in there, a little. Uh, <laughs> hey, it, it's weird, isn't it? It could be. I think it's also kind of interesting. Uh, Carl Willis, uh, as a player, as a pitcher, uh, pitched from 1991 to 1995 in Minnesota. And he won a ring with the, uh, with the Minnesota Twins in 1991. Uh, he won, uh, he was 20 and 10 in uh, 204 appearances with a 3.65 ERA for the Twins. Uh, in fact, I, I believe it was last year uh, that, that he was, was back in Minnesota uh, away from uh, Cleveland during a game where he was being honored as part of that, uh, that uh, was it the 30th anniversary of that, with that World Series championship. Yeah, the 1991 World Series championship. Definitely. I remember uh, talking to him about this. So this has got to be kind of special to him. But I'm wondering how nervous he is. <clears throat> I mean, this guy has been around uh, uh, the Cleveland organization forever. This is his second tour as a uh, pitching coach. He was Eric Wedge pitching coach from 2003 to 2009. Uh, he coached in the minors. He was a pitching coach in the minors. 
you know, he's been all over and, uh, you know, he knows pitching. Now we will see what kind of feel he has for managing. And uh, I'm sure uh, this today we're going to find out how they're going to fill out the rest of his coaching staff, Joe. Yeah, uh, Carl Willis definitely has the experience as a pitching coach. What, five Cy Young winners under him uh, in, in Cleveland and in other cities. Uh, but as far as, like you said, the, the rest of the major league pitching staff or the, the rest of the major league coaching staff, uh, that remains to be seen. I know a uh, possibility that uh, one of the names mentioned was John McDonald. He's the what field coordinator uh, for the, the minor league uh, development system. He could be up and, and in uniform. Uh, maybe filling out a role as a bench coach or a base coach. Uh, other guys, uh, you know, there's there are other front office people on the, the the road trip with them, but we don't know if any of them were exposed or you know can't can't be out there in uniform. Uh, it, Eric Binder and Alex Eckelman uh, among them. So uh, you know those would be guys who uh, could have a chance to do that. But yeah, the the club is going to wait until this afternoon. Uh, to announce any of those, uh, you know, additions or who's going to be filling in or be in uniform for tonight's uh, series opener. Yeah, and, and there were some, you know, coaches that, you know, weren't named yesterday that were, I guess, you know, are, are tested negative. Uh, uh, Victor uh, Victor uh, Rodriguez, assistant hitting coach, uh, Kyle Hudson, who we've seen, you know, coach third base and first base, you know, in the last couple of years when, when the need arose. Um uh, you know, so uh, a couple bullpen catchers, you know, they're, they're still there. But I think, I don't know, if you, you you have to be, I would I would think you'd have to be, I don't know, you can, can you, can a manager, can a, can a front office guy come out of the, the front office and, and put a uniform on and coach? I, I don't I, think. I don't see why not. John Hart did it. I mean, he, yeah. <laughs> That's he didn't. Yeah, he, he was didn't, manager. He was the acting man. Manager. Yeah. He, we put on a uniform and he got out there. So I, I don't see why it can't happen. I, I don't know if there are any, any rules against it. That might be a good question to ask uh, Antonetti at some point this afternoon. So, yes. so it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It, it, it sets up a, a, a really sort of, <laughs> it's appropriate that it's freaky Friday. It, it's just a really odd situation with uh, the opening of the series in Minnesota uh, and, and we don't know what the timeline is for Tito and the rest of the coaches and how long uh, they have to be in quarantine before they can get back with the club. Uh, I'm thinking it's somewhere in the range of at least five days if they test negative twice. And then, you know, up to after the 10th day, uh, after their first positive, I think maybe they can get back with the club after that. But uh, obviously their health and, and safety and comfort comes first. And, and once that's, uh, you know, under control, they can, we'll see them back with the, uh, with the guardians again. Uh, yeah. Rocco Baldelli, uh, the twins manager, uh, you know, tested positive for COVID on May 5th. And he just returned yesterday to manage, you know, to, to the dugout to manage the twins against uh, Houston. So that was like five to six days. So we're probably looking at the same time frame Now, if you don't, test you know if you don't have two negative tests within 24 hours and show show no symptoms and then you have to be approved by the MLB MLBPA uh health panel you have to pass that that uh you know kind of barrier uh you can't you, you're not you're not able to come back well uh it, like i said it's it, it's all about you know making sure that that guys like Tito who weren't exactly you know <laughs> the on the younger side of uh 
uh, the coaching range, uh, making sure that those guys take their time and get back when they're, when they're, you know, physically able to. So, uh, we should be looking forward to that. Uh, the matchups actually, uh, you know, look pretty good, uh, right now for, uh, for Cleveland, you've got Aaron Savali going against Sonny Gray and, uh, uh, Shane Bieber, they, they, they haven't announced a, a starter for Minnesota against Shane Bieber on Saturday. Uh, and then Tristan McKenzie on Sunday against Joe Ryan. Uh, so we're, you know, looking forward to the, the Savali Sunny Gray matchup should be pretty good. Yeah. And, and Gray, I think is just off the injured list. You know, he had had some problems in, in April, so I, I don't know how much he's pitched, but, you know, the, uh, the Guardians have a real, you know, they've got a good track record against him. Joe Ryan, on the other hand, is, has kind of handled them last year, kind of came over in that trade from Tampa Bay and pitched very well against Cleveland in two starts. Yeah, I, I, it, particularly this is uh, the Guardians lineup is, you know, we saw in the Chicago uh, series, they they will go through stretches maybe early in the game where uh, they're not scoring runs, but really they've, they've not been out of a game lately. Uh, they've at least brought the tying or go ahead runs to the plate at the, at, by the end of the game at some point. Uh, so, you know, there's always a chance with these guys over the last uh, week and a half or so, they're proving that their, their ability to come back in games is, is right there. Yeah. Really a, a resilient team. Um, and this is without uh, Fran Mel Reyes really, you know, contributing a whole lot. Uh, but, you know, that formula seems to be working that we've talked about, Joe. Top of the order gets on base and uh, lets Josh Naylor and uh, Jose Ramirez drive him in. You know, they're really patient hitters. They're seeing a lot of pitches, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, they create opportunities and, and they've, and they've come through in those opportunities. They're hitting well with runners in scoring position. And, and in the clutch. All right, Hoinsey. Uh, it's uh, it's Friday. It's May thirteenth. It's uh, Friday the thirteenth. Kind of a, a weird day. Let's uh, let's jump in and see what some of the um, the subtexters, our subscribers on subtext, uh, have uh, questions for us. They've they've submitted to to Hey Hoinsey. Uh, we can jump in and take some of these uh, for. Um, the this week and uh, again if you are if you haven't signed up for subtext uh, uh, today's a, a great day to do that uh, 216-298-4346 is the number if you want to send a text message to that or go to cleveland.com slash subtext and you can sign up for $3.99 a month and get uh, texts directly from myself and Paul um, and we will uh, we'll see here um, in a second what you guys have to say. Uh, first question is from uh, Jim Harris in Hilliard, Ohio. Uh, Jim wants to know, have any of the managers in the organization had any experience yet with robotic umpires? So we haven't really heard much about the, uh, the robo umpires, uh, at least not. Uh, they, they are being experimented with in other double A divisions that not like the one that the, uh, the rubber ducks play in. Yeah, I think, uh, and at triple A they were being used, but not, uh, in where, you know, not in Columbus's, 
uh, division against the teams they participate against. But I would think, uh, you know, some of the, the managers in low A have, have seen it in wor- at work. And I bet a lot of the pitchers have seen it at work. You know, a lot of the minor league pitchers that are coming up through the system. Yeah, and I wouldn't put it past the organization to have somebody that they've sort of assigned to be their, their sort of liaison or guru for the, the pitching uh, the robo pitching, uh, the automated ball strike system to, to be the guy who knows it backwards, forwards and inside out so that when it does start to proliferate through the, the minor league systems and uh, reach up to the major league systems, they're not behind the game there. I, I, I really wouldn't put it past Antonetti and, and Chernoff to not be proactive in, in that regard. Yeah, Joe, they, uh, they use it in uh, spring training in the inter squad games. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, here's a question from Allie Harris in Sagamore Hills. Uh, she wants to know, will, uh, will Austin Hedges' batting average get any better? And, uh, <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, the law of averages says it probably will improve. Uh, but, uh, again, this is a position that, uh, that Terry Francona and the Guardians, they can live with Hedges, you know, batting just under 200 as long as he's handling the the pitching staff playing great defense like he does and and really you look at uh every time we talk about Austin Hedges Terry Francona mentions he's he is such a leader in that clubhouse that uh you know it's it it, it, it does more than his batting average yeah i think uh that's a good point joe and uh i think it's it's easier to take that batting average now that you you see some players you know, at the top of the lineup, you know, performing well, when, when everybody's struggling, you know, he really, you know, hedges kind of sticks out it, it's, you know, a wasted at bat. But when, when you have five or six other guys that are swinging a bat, well, you know, you can live with that. Uh, one of the things when, when uh, Brian Shaw reached his uh, 10 years in the major, the 10 years of major league service and the, the club had a, a meeting in uh in Los Angeles, they, they closed the clubhouse and uh, got together. They presented him with a bottle of scotch. It was Austin Hedges who, you know, he's only been Brian Shaw's teammate for a season, but it was Austin Hedges who got up and made a speech and, you know, sort of communicated the feelings of the entire team to Brian Shaw. So that, that, that tells you something about the, the leadership qualities that the, the guy has. It's, it's not all just about, uh, you know, batting averages and home runs and RBIs. Uh, he, He's a, a professional baseball player in every sense of the word. And uh, I think, uh, you know, they're, they're comfortable with him right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you've got Maley behind him and he's kind of basically the same kind of catcher. So, you know, like you said, Joe, the Cleveland uh, and Francona put a lot of emphasis on the catcher, handling the pitching staff, controlling the running game and anything they give them offensively is a plus. All right. Uh, one more. Uh, this is actually uh, about the the ins and outs of the testing procedure. I think we went over this a little bit, but uh, Jim in Independence uh, asks, hey, Hoinsey, do the members of the Guardians coaching staff have to remain in Chicago until they test negative? What's the rule for when they can return? I, I believe they're already back home in Cleveland, right? Yeah. Now, I don't know. I mean, I was reading something about uh, Baldelli and what he tested positive when the twins were in Baltimore playing in Baltimore. So he had to isolate in Baltimore for a while. Then he flew, took a medical flight with two other players back to Minnesota. 
and it, and he isolated in a hotel and in uh, in Minneapolis because he didn't want to go go home because his wife they have a young baby so a uh, young child so he didn't want to risk uh, the the kid getting it so I, I'm not sure maybe there's maybe maybe some of the coaching staff is still in Chicago who knows this is something we'll have to find out you know we're talking to Chris Antonetti today so hopefully we'll have we'll be able to find something out. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Tito and members of the coaching staff took a bus home from Chicago to uh, uh, to Cleveland after after testing positive. So uh, we'll have to to um, find out for sure about that. Uh, I know you put the question out there uh, earlier uh, uh, the other day about who you think would be uh, a, the the player manager uh, that uh, if if the, if those were still a thing, uh, who would make the best player manager? um in uh on the, the guardians roster right now i guess it would have to be on the uh the active roster what were the the overwhelming results that you found out from uh the subtexters who thought uh, uh, uh you know a player manager would be good yeah you know i, I just kind of uh, uh you know broached the question you know if if carl willis had tested positive or you know they just they ran out of choices and uh, who would who among the players would be your bet for a, your your pick for a player manager? And uh, and the winner hands down was uh, Brian Shaw. And uh, you know uh, Brian Shaw then uh, Austin Hedges was second, uh, Jose Ramirez was third. You know Beaver, Franmill, and a couple of and uh, uh, Miles Straw. You know received some votes, but it was interesting <clears throat> because you know I, I think a lot a lot of clubs probably you know, in their past have a lot of, have a history of player managers. The, uh, the, the guardians slash Indians have had at least 10 in their history, wow. you know, including, you know, the guys that led, led them to their last two world series, uh, Tris speaker in 1920 and Lou Boudreau in 1948. Uh, they also have hall of famer, uh, Nap Joy and Frank Robinson is player manager. So, you know, Robin, Robbie was uh, in the seventies. The last player manager was Pete Rose in 84 and 85, 84 to 86 with the red. So it, I think it's, 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 it's a, it's a big ask now. And there's so much, you know, I think you, you uh, the manager has, has, is pulled in so many different ways, you know, dealing with the roster, dealing with the media, it'd be a tough gig right now. Yeah, you're you're not getting uh, performance out of that player manager probably if if it is it's it's somebody who's a, a veteran and a you know a guy who's been around a, you're you're not going to see him you know be a, a batting leader or a pitching leader if uh, if that's the case. But uh, Mark in Norwalk says if Brian Shaw is the uh, is uh, the player manager, it looks like uh, you'd have to implement a rule that says he's not allowed to pitch in every game because you know he put himself in. <laughs> that's a great point <laughs> he'd have to uh yeah monitor himself <laughs> yeah i don't know about using uh using any you know starting pitcher in that role i think that would be a a really weird sort of tough situation to to have a starting pitcher be in that role and i don't think jose ramirez really fits uh what you're looking for there either uh not just uh you know whatever language barrier there would be which i, I think that could be overcome pretty easily but uh, you know he he doesn't doesn't straight he, he's more of like the the lead by example kind of guy not the uh, the lead by you know what he what he tells you to do he, he I think he'd be more effective as a coach 
just pulling guys aside on the in the dugout and telling them, "Hey, this is what I see, and this is what uh, what you need to do." Uh, uh, he could probably be a really good hitting coach. I, I I would assume. Yeah, I mean, unless you know, he's just he's one of those guys that just hits, you know, and and can't break it down. But I think Jose could. I think he would get his point across well no tito says if you watch him during the games when he's not hitting he's sitting at the end of the bench watching and, and learning and he he's he's so smart and he knows everything you know about hitting so yeah i the the role that victor reyes has on this club right now that's that's a role that you know jose ramirez could could fill easily in retirement but thankfully we won't have to find out about that for another what seven years so yeah that's all yeah definitely all right uh that's gonna you know we're gonna start to wrap up here uh looking forward to the weekend obviously the uh the series in minnesota is big uh getting back to cleveland they they have uh the reds and then the uh tigers uh next week so you know hopefully this uh the situation look at it this way if if carl willis is still managing early next week you know, at least it's the Reds that are coming into town and not the uh, the Yankees. Yeah. And, you know, Joe, I think, uh, you know, he could, you know, I think he could manage for at least two series, this series and and the Red series, you know, depending just how quick uh, Francona and the rest of the staff could come back. All right. We'll wrap it up here and we'll talk to you again on Monday uh, here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. <laughs>